Welcome to It's All About Jesus, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel Eagle. You are listening to a Sunday morning message by Pastor Mike Sasso. If you would like to join us for church, we meet every Sunday, 10 a.m. at North Star Charter School, 839 North Linder Road in Eagle, Idaho. You may also join us live streaming at that time. Go to cceagle.org at 10 a.m. to watch the whole service live. If you can't join us then, you can always go back and watch the video. Let's listen in to today's message. It's all about Jesus. It's all about the Lord. We could could suffer. We could have no car and have to walk. We could walk barefoot in the snow to, to school uphill backwards and forwards like my dad used to, see? And you could still be approved by God. Even if you have nothing, even if you're not rich, you could be sick and find God's approval, okay? There's so much false doctrine out there with this. Now, um, in verse 39, it even says, all these having obtained a good testimony through faith did not receive the promise. Well, we'll talk more about that when we get to this verse, but I want you to see what the author is saying, what the Holy Spirit is showing us, that you could be approved of God and not get everything you think you should get, not even, not even get the fullness of what God promised to give you. And we'll, we looked at some examples of that. So here's your next fill-in. Faith isn't what, getting what you want. Faith isn't getting what you want. It's giving God what he wants. Hmm? That's what faith is. It's not the power to get what you want. It's the power to give God what he wants because now you believe him and you're acting in obedience. So though those mentioned in verse 35 through 39, which we're going to look at, they enjoyed all of God's favor and companionship. They didn't get rescued from all of the suffering and death and torture and all the things we're going to look at here. These were people who got approval, God's stamp of approval in the hall of faith, and yet it didn't go well. And I think we need to realize that in America, we've been kind of spoiled, and as persecutions, the heat starts getting turned up, we need to be ready for whatever God sends our way. And everyone's willing to be blessed by God, but is everyone willing to suffer for God if that's what he calls you to do? And, and that's really a challenge, okay? So through faith, some escaped the edge of the sword, verse 34, and others were put to death by the sword, in verse 37. Through that same faith, one was rescued and the other died. And those growth groups that are still meeting are going to be going through some texts from both Old and New Testament examples of this so that you could look it over and discuss it together. Prepare our hearts for whatever might be coming and also just get a, a reality check of what God does promise and what he doesn't promise. Now here's your next fill-in. Since faith will not only lead Oh, excuse me, sincere faith. I knew I said it wrong. Sincere faith will not only lead believers to do great things for God, but it will also at times bring them difficulty, suffering, persecution, and seemingly tragedy as they strive to live and work for God. In case you missed those words, those blessed promises you want to claim, difficulty, suffering, persecution. 
want to claim something? <laughs> this is what happens in real life, okay? In Bible, to true believers, and in today, as, we, as we've heard some stories today already. Okay, so faithfulness to God doesn't guarantee comfort or freedom from persecution, for sure, in this world. But it does assure us of God's help and strength to endure the troubles of life. Yeah, I've never been really truly persecuted, but I've always wondered how will I stand up if if there comes a day will I may have to be deny Christ or die. I really hope and pray that I'd be one that could say, "Take me now, Jesus. Cut my head off if you have to, but Lord, receive my spirit." You know, everyone, you know, everyone fears that kind of thing, but I want to I want to be that type because God is showing us through the Scripture. You don't know what's coming, and we need to be prepared and have that kind of faith ready for either way. I, I certainly love to be blessed by God, but I, I want to be willing to suffer for him as well. And that's what we're talking about in today's text. Now, um, in verse 35, it says, Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance. Listen, pay attention to that. Not accepting delivered. They were tortured. Uh, it's interesting, the Greek word for tortured here means to stretch out, like stretching a skin over a drum and beating it. Uh, it's not a pleasant word here. They're, it's a brutal word to be like be beaten with a baton. And it, it says not accepting deliverance. Here's the thing. Many, not all, but many of the early church martyrs, they had a choice. They could deny Christ and they could live or they could refuse to deny Christ and, and die for their faith or be tortured. Uh, tough situation. They, many of them did have a choice. You know what? And I think that's really, we need to keep our eyes on that. that that's really our lives as well. You have a choice. You can go along with the flow. You could live the way culture says to live and accept all of their ideals and standards and, and precepts. And you could escape persecution. Or you could hold your ground for Christ. And sometimes there's consequences for that. Really. I mean, have you noticed that? that now, that, that is true in America today. There's this politically correct movement. There's the, the woke thing that's going on. That, that you just got to go along with it and accept everything. Even when God calls it a sin, it's not really a sin. Just love everybody. Well, we, you know, we're supposed to love everybody. But we need to hold our ground and stand for faith. You know, by the way, this doesn't mean be obnoxious, okay? This, this doesn't mean to be intentionally a, a thorn in the flesh to people and be annoying, okay? I believe that we're supposed to be loving to all people, but help us, Lord, not to compromise and to speak the truth in love, okay? So it says in verse 35, it continues, they're tortured, they're not accepting deliverance, but why? Because they were looking for a better resurrection, you know, Jesus said in John 5, 29, that in the end time, when the Son of Man calls them, that many will come out of their graves, and those who've done good will rise and live, and those who've done evil will rise and be condemned. There's a good resurrection, and there's a bad resurrection. So the better resurrection is for those who just trust Christ and who are the faithful. See, these worthies that are being mentioned here, they were looking to the better resurrection. It goes on to say in verse 36, still others had a trial of mockings and scourgings and yes, of chains and imprisonments. There's a list. Now, if you want to do your homework, and I've given the growth groups more 
text to look up because many of the Old Testament uh, the heroes of faith suffered like, like this, especially the prophets. Uh, one of them is Jeremiah the prophet. Uh, and, and there were many other godly people who went through these same sorts of things of sufferings and imprisonment and torture. In verse 37, it says, They were stoned, they were sawn in two, and were tempted and slain with a sword, and they wandered about in sheepskin and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and torment. That doesn't sound like a good sales pitch for becoming a Christian. You want to become a Christian? Well, let me give you your job description. You could be stoned, sawn in two, tempted, slain with a sword, wandered about in sheepskin and goatskin, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented. Sign me up. And, but this is the example that is set before us. And uh, according to tradition, the prophet Jeremiah died by stoning. The prophet Isaiah was sawn in half. So some of these are taken right from their history. Uh, and there's other prophets that were also stoned, a list that, that I've given to the growth groups to look up and, and discuss together. Uh, <clears throat> killed with a sword? It's funny, while some, I, I've said it before, that while some found through faith they were delivered from the sword, we looked at that in studies past, not everybody. And, and that's why when people come to me and they say, if I'm sick or going through a problem, they go, do you think there's something wrong? You, you think, <coughs> excuse me, Hallelujah for the mute button. <laughs> so, you know, they'll, they'll say, do you, you just, if you only had more faith, this wouldn't happen. That's just a lie. That's just, just read your Bible, okay? They're killed with a sword. It's skins of sheep and goats they wore. Okay, this is talking about a lifestyle of humility. As a matter of fact, this was the clothing of many of the prophets. And Eli, Elijah, Elisha, John the Baptist, you know. And it was, it's a picture of humble living, uncomfortable clothing. And, and again, this is contrary to what many will teach today, that God has the best for you right here, right now. You could, and matter of fact, in some churches, if the pastors don't wear the most expensive suits, they'll be rebuked for that, you know. So that's why I, I try to wear my best for you guys, okay? Because they want to set forth this example that a real Christian is blessed financially and health-wise and everything. You are blessed, blessed, blessed. You got money. You got the nicest car, the nicest clothes. Well, how about sheepskin? I'm not going to wear sheepskin or goatskin, okay? Uh, this is pretty close. <laughs> so it's, it's, a, it's a picture of humble living before God. It's not like God's plan for you is to be a rich snob, Okay? Verse 38 says, of whom the world was not worthy. Okay, stop and think about it. Compared to some of the, the preachers of today, we're talking about the people who are beat up and tortured and had nothing and destitute, living in caves, where, uh, they had nothing to wear but a sheepskin and a goatskin. The world was not worthy of them. And they wandered in deserts and mountains, in dens and caves of the earth. And so the world treated them like they weren't worthy to live, but the Holy Spirit says just the opposite here, that the world wasn't worthy of them. I really like the way, I've told you, I like to compare uh, different translations. Listen how the New Living Translation puts this text. Hebrews 11, just starting with verse 35, New Living. But others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. 
They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Some were jeered at, and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prisons. Some died by stonings. Some were sawn in half. Others were killed with the sword. Some went about wearing sheepskin or wearing skins of sheep and goats, destitute and oppressed and mistreated. They were too good for this world, wandering over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith. So all these people, in God's eyes, thumbs up. Good reputation because of their faith. Yet none of them received all that God had promised. Now we talked about some of this in times past. We'll talk about it again. But Abraham, for instance, all the land that God promised he would give Abraham and his descendants, all the way to the Euphrates River, I mean, it would be part of Iraq. I mean, if you look at the map, and I, I didn't prepare one for you today, but <clears throat> all the land that God promised would be his someday, in all of Jewish history, they never got it all. And, and part of that was because of they were living in disobedience and sin. Quite often we don't receive blessings from God because of our sin. But I believe someday, especially in the millennial kingdom and in the future, they will be given everything that God promised them and it will surely come to pass. But in this life, it didn't happen. Okay, now, verse 39. We're moving right along here. Verse 39. And all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. This is something that's tough to swallow, but you've got to understand that. that it's possible to be found pleasing in God's sight, and yet seemingly not blessed with everything you should be blessed with. So here's your next fill-in with that. It is a biblical concept to have true faith and yet not receive God's ultimate promise for you in this life, okay? In this life. Let me read that again. It is a biblical concept to have true faith and yet not receive God's ultimate promise for you. And you go, well, that doesn't sound right. Well, read Hebrews chapter 11. Read the whole book of Read the Bible, okay? Because all of these things, we will not receive everything God pro promised in this life. It won't be till heaven. Because that's when he makes all things new. That's when he redeems all of the wrongs will be made right. He'll wipe away every tear from our eyes. Matter of fact, let me just read it to you. Uh, from Revelation chapter 21. Revelation 21 verse 3. And I'm reading from the New Living. John says, I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them. And they will be his people. And God himself will be with them. Oh man, that's what I want. And he will wipe away every tear from their eye. And there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. Then all these things are gone forever. All the pain, all the sorrow, all the weeping. It's coming, folks. But don't count on it in this life, okay? I don't know if you noticed, but we're all withering away. I used to be young and healthy. I don't know if you know it, but I used to be fit. We're all decaying, okay? Another one, Jeremiah chapter 32, where the prophet Jeremiah, God spoke through him to Israel about what's coming someday in the future. They will be my people and I will be their God. And I will give them one heart and one purpose to worship me forever. For their own good and for the good of all their descendants, I will make an everlasting covenant with them. I will never stop doing good for them. 
And I will put a desire in their hearts to worship me. They will never leave me. I don't think we've seen that yet in Israel. (laughs) But it's coming. God will keep his word. But I'll tell you what, for now, what does God tell you now? What What did Jesus, when Jesus came to earth, what did he promise you right now? A happy life? Good things? Your best life now? You know? What did Jesus promise? Let me give you a couple examples of what he told his disciples. In John chapter 16, verse 1, he said to his disciples, I've told you these things so that you won't abandon your faith because it's going to get tough. By the way, if you think that God promises you that you'll never get sick and you'll always be rich and it doesn't happen, you'd be tempted to abandon your faith, wouldn't you? So Jesus is kind of safeguarding this. He's saying, look, I want you to know the truth. Here's how it's really going to be, okay? Because I I feel bad for a lot of my friends who've been in the, and I've had some close friends who've been in the positive confession movement, health and wealth, and they just think it's it's God's will that we're always healthy, and if we're not healthy, it's because there's sin in our life. I I feel bad. They're living under a a false concept that could lead them to lose their faith could lead them to turn away from their faith. So that's why Jesus said, I've told you these things so that you won't abandon your faith. For you will be expelled from the synagogues. Here's what's coming, guys. The time is coming when those who kill you will think that they're doing God a holy service, doing a holy service for God. This is because they've never known the Father or me. So we're talking about our brother who's going on the mission field. And we've looked at an example of a, in that, our short video today. There are people all around the world today who think they're doing God a service if they kill Christians. Tough stuff. Again, Jesus, here's, you want to memorize a verse? Memorize this one. Of course, I'm reading it in the New Living. I've memorized it years ago in the King James. But John 16, 33, I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. What? Claim that. Jesus said, here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. Reality check for the Christian, okay? This is Jesus speaking. Some would write it, Jesus said, if you follow me and believe and have true faith, you'll never have a problem. Jesus says, here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I've overcome the world. Guess who wins in the end? See, that's what it comes down to. Guess who wins in the end? One more. God blesses you. Matthew uh, 5, 11. This is Jesus again. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil against you because you're my followers. Be happy about it. <laughs> that's a hard thing to do. Be happy about it. Be very glad. If it stopped right there, I'd have a hard time. But here's Jesus' reasoning for great A great reward awaits for you in heaven. Get your eyes on heaven. Put your hopes in the right place. This earth, we got some problems. And there's more coming. You'd think this is bad. Now wait, it's getting to get worse. And as we get older, I lost my teeth. (laughs) That's what we deal with in this life. Many trials. Many problems, but be glad because the best is yet to come. There's great things waiting for us. Where? In heaven. Folks, I want to tell you the truth because that's what Jesus did. He told us the truth. A great reward awaits you in heaven. 
And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. So all the bad things that happened, and especially horrible acts of persecution, it's, it's nothing new. It's always been a part of the Jewish history. So <clears throat> verse 39 says, And all these that we've looked at, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. Here's your next fill-in. I want you to make sure you get this. These did not receive the blank is, yet. Yet. It's coming. But if you think your, your big payday is here on earth, you're in for a disappointment. Matter of fact, some people just think they live for retirement. If you're a child of God, you don't retire from serving God, right? Retirement is in heaven. And guess what? We'll still be doing something. Dancing, praising God, worshiping Him. Yeah, you know what? It's, it's going to get better, but in heaven is what we look for. Verse 40. We're going we to end on time today. Verse 40. God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. Now, I want to correct something here, because this, I think the, this translation doesn't work the best. It's almost, it looks like God is saying that God wants something better for us, but not something better for them. That's not what it's saying. I like the way the New Revised Standard Version puts it. I think it, it clarifies it, uh, translates it properly. Listen. Since God had provided something better, so that they would not, apart from us, be made perfect. Isn't that good? So what he's saying is, all together, all the people have been persecuted, and all the people who gave up so much, they didn't get God's final promise, but they're gonna, with us. We're all gonna be in heaven together and just rejoice together, and we're gonna receive all that God promised when that day comes in heaven. So verse 40 is that God plans something better, but it's for all of us. The fulfillment for them as for us is all found in Christ who is the resurrection and the life. And only together with us, with all these people who have suffered, they're waiting. Those who suffered, they're waiting in heaven. How long, O oh Lord? How long? You've read it in the book of Revelation. How long? They're waiting for all of us to be united together and just rejoice together, meet at the, su- the, the, the wedding supper of the Lamb and have meet together and just enjoy God's presence together. And the fulfillment of God's promises to them is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And our redemption all together will be complete in that final day. So, one more thing I want to read to you before we close. Because this is all negative. But you know what? Um, when I first got saved, I started a memory program. I started memorizing scripture. And as I've told you before, I try to read from the New Living quite often. And I've got it memorized in the King James. And I'll stutter because I've... What I've got memorized and what I'm reading is done and fit. It mixes it up. Okay. So what I would like to do, I'm going to my new King James right now. And I want to, I want to look at the next couple verses because there were no chapter headings in, in, in uh, the Bible when it was first written. Uh, verse 40 went right into 12.1. And you know what? Why I was saying about the memory verses, I memorized... Um, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily besets us. Let's run with patience the race that's set before us, looking at Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. That was a wonderful text to memorize. But you know what I missed when I first memorized it? Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, I thought that meant there's people all around me looking at my life. You know what it's talking about? The people we just read about. All of Hebrews chapter 11, 
the cloud of witnesses, all those who've gone before us, who've been witnesses to us of what faith looks like, what faith really is, and we've got it before us, glaring us in the face, and since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. I think we'll talk more in depth about this when we pick up Hebrews after the holidays, but... There's two things, though, I, I think we need not miss here. One is we lay aside every weight. We lay aside the sin. You know, those two different things. Hmm. Oh, I could preach on this. But a weight is just something that it may not be a sin, but it just weighs you down. It may not be a sin, but there's things in our life that just makes us move slower. We don't have to carry them, but we, we love to carry them because we, we don't want to let go of it, you know? There are things in your life, we'll talk about it. I, 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 maybe I shouldn't talk now, but there, there's things in our life that God just wants us to get rid of just because they're weights, not because they're sin. But there's other times there's things that are sin. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily besets us and let us run with endurance the race that's set before us. Oh, Linda, in my prayer more and more as the years go by, we've been saying, Lord, help us to finish well. I've seen so many people I know and love who have not finished well. I want to finish well. I want to run that race. Lay aside the weight and the sin. But here's how you do it. And we're going to close with this. Verse 2. Looking unto Jesus. The author and finisher of our faith. Who for the joy set before him. He endured the cross. Despising the shame. And sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The only way you and I are going to make it through this life. And finish our race well. Is keep our eyes on Jesus. Well, I tell you what, when I look at my problems, I could be a whiner just like anybody else. But I need to look to Jesus. You need to look to Jesus. We need to look, keep our eyes on Jesus. And that's why the motto of this church is it's all about... Uh, you're brainwashed. Okay? But th- that's it. Uh, that's our motto, and this is why. And we'll, so at, we have, when I come back... Uh, you know, we're going we're gonna, to we get the holidays coming up. We've got Christmas Eve service. We've got Christmas service. After Christmas, we're going to pick up on chapter 12. So you might want to do your homework and start reading it and studying it. Let the Lord speak to you because he's got something to say. Jesus, he's the resurrection, the we hope you enjoyed today's program. You can find all of Pastor Mike's messages and any other information you would like about Calvary Chapel Eagle online at cceagle.org. In iTunes, you can subscribe to the podcast Calvary Chapel Eagle Sunday morning. If you are new to the area and don't already have a home church, we would love for you to come check us out. We meet every Sunday, 10 a.m. at North Star Charter School, 839 North Linder Road in Eagle. That is one block north of Highway 44. You can call or text the church phone at 208-891-2635. Once again, you can get any information you need at cceagle.org. There you will also find a link to join our Facebook page. So until next time, remember, it's all about Jesus. Yeah, the power of His name.